This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to kulabula.com and put in the discount code AWAKENING. Welcome to The Awakening Podcast. You can find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. We're also on Bitchute as Awakening Podcast. I also have to learn Polish podcast, the speaking podcast, the meditation podcast, and a new crypto podcast, and all can be found on whycall.com. Today, my guest, please welcome Chancellor Jackson. Hey, balance and blessings, balance and blessings, everybody. So I know you've got an interesting story, basically. You know, you're best-selling author. You know, you've got a, a book, 14 Days in Beijing. So I suppose you'll have to go back to the very start and let me know what, what's, what's it all about. <laughs> Uh, so long story short, 14 Days in Beijing is about my experience being locked up abroad for 14 days. And it's pretty much the entire uh, incarceration process, which was a total 14 days long. I give bits and pieces of my time in China prior to getting arrested, but it's mainly just those last 14 days. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, I'm in... I'm, Locked up 24 hours a day, seven days a week of 15 people to one cell, nine with beds. Um, we get three meals a day. Each meal is some form of soup, <laughs> some form of soup um, and bread rolls. Uh, and yeah, 14 days straight, all I had was one bowl and one spoon. Also, when you read, I don't receive any information about what my process is supposed to be or you know what I'm saying how everything's going to play out I don't even I'm not even told how long I'm going to be there but you read within the story like from the other characters oh you know what I'm saying they got all the information they know how long they're supposed to be there you know what I'm saying their situation is completely different as far as um just how their incarceration process worked I mean there's also some folks whose is drastically different as well so it's like it's, it's very interesting to see how just the law enforcement works and how they facilitate their uh, penitentiaries, without a doubt. But yes, and it is. Like, were you, have you ever been in prison before? Have you been incarcerated? No? <laughs> okay, no, no, so I, I suppose, how, how did you get to China? What was, the, what was the reason behind going over to China? So after I graduated college in 2018, with a degree, a bachelor's degree in communication and media studies. Um, I landed my first job <laughs> over there in China, but I was teaching English to children, ironically, you know what I'm saying? So I was in a field that I definitely wasn't studying or, you know what I'm saying, preparing for. Uh, it's, just, it's just how things work, you know what I'm saying? That's what college. my daughter's doing at the moment. She's uh, she's teaching four-year-olds in Dubai or Abu Dhabi. So yeah, you know, yeah, it's just what people do. They do the qualifications and then they go away for a year or two to get some experience and come back. So I get it. That's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty much it. That's the same type of time I was on. So I was just like, hey, teach abroad in China. That sounds kind of cool <laughs> for sure. And I, up until this point, I had been applying for jobs for like eight months straight, applying, getting interviews, uh, getting flown out for the interviews, all different types of stuff. And these were all for corporate corporate positions. So I didn't land nothing. I'm, you know what I'm saying? They kept, I kept getting the same reason behind them telling me, you know, I was to experience, you know what I'm saying? Da, 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 da. But it's like, y'all knew that before we even set all this up. 
when I applied. Yeah, I looked at Maria, I could tell that. So the fact that that's the excuse y'all giving me, hey, I just took it as a sign from the universe that, hey, this isn't it, this isn't it. It's something better in store. Just keep going, keep trying, keep pushing. Keep searching. You'll find, you know what I'm saying? You'll come up That's all you. you can do. We call it in Ireland. I remember when I finished college, I had bundles of, we call them Dear John letters. It's like, thank you, but no thanks. And <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing you can do. You just, you know, you just say next. It's just a numbers game. Next. And what can I do to get some experience? You know, it's, it's, it's just part of the you know, game, unfortunately. So, yeah, that was pretty much it. So first job to tell me yes at the eight months of applying. Was on the other side of the world so i'm like well <laughs> it's, it's a no-brainer at this point let me go see which china wanna 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 uh rock with me hey let's see we'll see what china has to offer here you know what i'm saying because america ain't, ain't trying to do nothing with me so let me see what china's talking about and china was amazing you know what i'm saying prior to the last 14 days china was the, the ultimate experience the ultimate adventure Man, it was like no other, honestly. I had a lot of fun, met a lot of great people. <laughs> Experienced a completely different culture than which I come from, you know what I'm saying? But all in all, man, it was, China was, it was a vibe. I miss it dearly. I can't wait to live abroad again, try, especially travel abroad. Oh my goodness. The pandemic came and shut everything down. So, man, I had so many countries lined up I was supposed to visit once I got back, but Whenever <laughs> we get back to normal, then, you know what I'm saying? We, I'll be back home <laughs> for sure. So, and did you see the Great Wall of China? Did you do all the touristy things? And did you experience any kind of racism? Because, you know, lots of people talk about the Chinese. They're very rich. I mean, my experience, I haven't been to China, but my experience with Chinese people is they're beautiful. You know, they're really nice yeah. people. They are very nice people. Very nice people. Um, some of the best customer service you'll ever receive. In your life, like you know, what I'm saying they excellent, excellent customer service. Um, they go really, they really go above and beyond. Sometimes I say you experience racism, but it isn't like just like pure like hate and malice in their hearts. You know, what I'm saying it's really just just a lack of understanding of you, your people, and your culture, and just straight up ignorance. You know, what I'm saying they just have no clue about any other group of people and their culture and you know what I'm saying just about their history honestly and we the same here in America you know what I'm saying is America's a melting pot but I guarantee you, most of the Americans don't know nothing about the Hispanic culture the, the Latin culture the Asian culture European culture the African culture they don't know nothing about none of that you know what I'm saying we always just know our state we got, got stereotypes and we just you know, let them dictate our opinion on people so it's like you experience that anywhere you go, you know what I'm saying? So I never really experienced any, you know what I'm saying, just harsh racism like you would in the South of America. <laughs> yeah, China, China, the Chinese people are very, 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 very nice, very genuine people. And China is a very disciplined country, strict, strict, strict country. So with that being said, they, the people of China, like they move with order and conduct, you know what I'm saying? They ain't just, it ain't like America, folks. Just you know what I'm saying. Just be wilding off the walls. You know what I'm saying. Just be doing a bunch of just crazy. You know what I'm saying. Oh, China's one of the safest places you can be. And did you notice, or did you were you aware of the social security system that they have with all the cameras and that the basically you know the vetting that you know if you're not a good boy as such they don't allow people not only fly but they don't even allow them on trains and stuff. Were you aware of that when you were there? Oh, yeah, they. they they taught us all of that once we got there. Like we were still going through training and stuff. 
And she, literally, like, once we landed in China, like, they scan your entire handprint into the system. They take your whole identity. As soon as you get, as soon as you <laughs> land and you touch down. That, that yeah. sounds like America to me, because every time I went there, it's they're taking my fingerprints and they're taking my retina. And I feel like a prisoner going into the country and I, I don't enjoy, you know, you get off the plane, you're queuing up. And, yeah, you're queuing up over an hour to get into the, the States. Like I need, like I remember going to New York and California and everything. And it was, it was painful. Like I was, and they were actually aggressive, you know, because at one stage I had, I was going to California but I had a, I, I had to stay in New York for not even a night. It was kind of like flying again at four in the morning or six in the morning. So I didn't know where I'm supposed to write down on the document where I'm supposed to stay because it's, it's like, tell us where you're staying. So I said, do I write down New York or do I write down where I'd be for three or four days? And when I asked the question, your one just barked at me, started screaming at me and told me go to the back of the line. And I was like, I mean, I didn't. I mean, I just went up to somebody else and I said, look, there's no point in me going back to the back of the line because I still don't know the answer. And he said to me, but it was, you know, it, it was really nasty. And that's the experience of a lot of people. I mean, you weren't aware of that, but anyone I know, they don't enjoy traveling into the States because we're treated like convicts just trying to get in there, you know, on a holiday, you know? And that's the type of uh, experience people from America have no clue about. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us don't even travel outside of our own country, yet alone our own specific states and cities that we, you know what I'm saying, derive from. So... Uh, it's just exposure and experience and that's why I say traveling is so important because you learn so much um but yeah that's crazy though <laughs> I, <laughs> no, exactly. but one thing about the traveling is you realize because we're kind of fed a lie on the so and the media and social media and everything people are beautiful around the world there's only a tiny fraction of people that are nasty and that's all we see because the news thrive on negativity but the reality is you can go to any country and they're open with welcome hands. I mean, I've been in a load of countries, 30 or 40 countries. There's nowhere that I'd say, oh, I don't like this. People are lovely everywhere. It's just, you know, it's portrayed wrong by, you know, the corrupt media. Definitely, 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 definitely. I've only been, you say you've been 30, 40. I've only been to like, I've only been to three. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I've been a long way to go. You know yeah, been, but that's uh, good. Uh, yeah. I've been to London twice. But I was like, I was a kid when I went, so it, it was still a vibe. As a kid, it was still a vibe. You know what I'm saying? I definitely want to experience it again as an adult. You know what I'm saying? And with my experience already traveling and living abroad, so I already know it would be a vibe now. Um, and I've been to the Bahamas a few times as well, and that was mainly on cruises. So, but definitely, I, that's why I, I got to hit. I got to do some more traveling. <laughs> I got to. So much but, but just, but just stay out of prison, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so t tell me what happened. I mean, uh, you're 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 there. You're, you were working as a teacher at that stage, yeah. So yeah. what was the whole process that ended you up behind bars? So pretty much, like literally, what as soon as you start reading fourteen days, the action we get straight to the action. You know what I'm saying? I don't really sugarcoat. Sugar it ain't no like slow start. Now we get straight into it. Cause chapter one is literally day one. So the first day every and day one is where everything pops off. So I'm gonna get ready to go to this team builder event that my company that I was working for was throwing. And um, so before I, you know what I'm saying, I head out to the event cause we supposed to be decorating, you know, the Chinese fans. We supposed to be customizing our own. So I'm like, okay, that sound like a little vibe. That sound dope. So I'm like, before I go, I'm finna, uh, I'm finna pregame before I go. And those that don't know what pregame means, like I'm finna 
get drunk, I'm finna get a little faded before I head to the event, you know what I'm saying? So I'm uh in the apartment, in my apartment, I'm sipping a wine cooler and I'm smoking some cannabis at my little pipe. And I get done, you know what I'm saying? I'm cross-faded, I'm, I'm good, I'm getting dressed to go. Once I got everything, I'm just about ready to go. Here, knock at the door. Oh, who's that at the door? You know what I'm saying? I guess ain't no familiar for sure. So I'm like, I'm just curious who, who popped up on me. Look at the people, it's uh, three on the other side of the door, it's three officers from the Beijing police. <laughs> I'm just like, oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. So I, you know what I'm saying? Scramble to put everything up. And they have shown up to my apartment before. You know what I'm saying? The, the police do random checks on foreigners and they mainly just want to check your documentation just to prove that you are who you say you are. You're not over here illegally. You know what I'm saying? So, that, you know, and they, they did that in January. So, all this happened in April 2019. So, they have came up. And when they come pr prior to that, they just come in and they're kind of, you know, they're not aggressive or anything. They're not searching your stuff. They just say, show me your documentation. Yeah. They stand at the door. <laughs> it's just like, hey, we just want to make you see your paperwork. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all good. You know what I'm saying? Y'all going about your day. It happened to me. It happened to coworkers of mine. So I'm like, okay, I guess they just do this random check more than once. That's that's the impression I'm under. But no, <laughs> not the second time. <laughs> not the second time. So. Once I put everything up, open the door, they walk straight in. <laughs> they walk straight into the apartment and he's speaking to me, but of course there's a language barrier. I know a little bit of the language, just enough to move and groove, but how we sitting there having an in-depth intellectual conversation? Nah, I can't do that. <laughs> Mandarin, nah, I can't. But, so I'm just looking at him crazy. He can tell that, okay, there's a language barrier. So he speaks to his translator app on his phone he shows me the message and the message says, uh, are you on drugs? And I'm like, in my head, yes, but that, see, I'm like, how do you, that, that's just strange. That's the first thing that's coming out your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like, but of course I'm lying. Nah, nah, bro, you tripping. Where, where, where you getting that information from? Nah, bro, you, you passport, you trying to see my passport? That's, that's what you gotta be here for, bro. You trying, you trying to check my passport. And then he's speaking to us after again, and it says, are there any drugs in the house? And I'm just like, but no, <laughs> no, I'm still lying my ass off. I'm like, no, bro, what, you, what, what type of time is you on? Where are we getting, what? So long story short, they ended up drug testing me right there on the spot. And as soon as they pulled the drug test out, I was like, oh man, it's over with. I right, just got done smoking before, like three minutes prior to y'all knocking on my door. I'm like, ain't no way I'm passing this. Do the drug test, fail it, of course. And that's, that's pretty, you know what I'm saying? They arrest me after that. And, and were you smoking out on the balcony by any chance? I was in my apartment. Was it maybe it was a neighbor because I don't know what it's like there, but I just know from a friend in Singapore, and I know it's a kind of different jurisdiction, but it's still kind of similar that even you don't wear a mask, they're just ratting you out the whole time. So it's, I'm just wondering, did a neighbor smell it? Because it is, I, I know it's legal in a load of parts of the States. It's legal in Holland and it's yeah. starting to, you know, I don't see anything wrong with it, to be honest with you, but it, okay. I'm assuming it's le it's illegal in China. Yeah, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, yeah. so, I, yeah. So there's a possibility somebody, you know, grasped you out. Like, you know, that's, that's. 
and I was saying it's like, and that's still a mystery. Like you read the whole fourteen days, and I still get asked. So like, how did what made them come to your apartment? I'm like, bro, that is still a mystery to this day. I have no clue, cause it wasn't like this was my first time smoking while I was out there. I was smoking the whole time I was out there. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like. Well, that's why I'm like, bro. I don't know, bro. It's still a mystery to this day. It just like, because I, I mean, I I don't know about the story, so I'm going to be throwing the questions because I don't know where you were getting it, but perhaps with all their cameras everywhere, they were seeing you getting it and coming back, and you were being traced from the whole source when you had it. Probably, you know what I'm saying. Probably yeah. for sure. Yeah, ain't no telling. To be honest, <laughs> I love to know. Just cause I'm like, that probably made the story even better if I would be able to at least, you know what I'm saying, like be able to connect that dot. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so they arrested me, took me to one precinct. And did they um, put cuffs on you when you were in your apartment? Yeah, they put the. But they were so cool. Like they were so cool about it. They was like, "Hey, you need to finish getting dressed. Anything else you need to grab before we leave?" I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I was, I'm, I was getting ready to leave before y'all knocked on my door, so I'm really ready to go. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm ready to go. Uh, so they was like, okay, man, turn around. I'm like, damn, man, I put cups on me, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? We, we ain't on that type of time, bro. It's all it's all peace. But I'm like, hey, just be compliant. Follow, you know what I'm saying? Follow orders. Put me in handcuffs. Take me to the first precinct. We was only there not even an hour. And then we get back in the van. I'm like, okay, so where are we? And when you went to the precinct, because I just want to try and get into this, were they did they have a translator there? And were you were you kept on your own, or were you treated okay when you were brought to the precinct? Still in the apartment. Um, That's it was three officers that came uh, initially, and then as time progressed, next thing you know, it's probably like five, six officers in the apartment, Um, and one of them happened to speak English. So that's one I'm talking to mainly and he's just questioning me about where i get the weed from who you know he just want to know who, who's the source that's all he wanted and to see if i was going to give up any information in regards to that once he realized that i wasn't going to give him any information to work with they were like okay just come on you know what i'm saying just come on with it you know what i'm saying but after that point like after they slapped the cuffs on me i'm that was i ain't received no more information after that i'm just going with the flow and following orders and seeing what's going to happen. <laughs> and what was going on in your head at that time? Were you shitting yourself for what? Um, I'm just not nah, just holding myself accountable. Honestly, just like, hey, well, shit, bro, you knew what you was doing and there's the repercussions from it. So it's just like, I know I'm going to be good. I know I'm going to be good. Deep down in my spirit, I'm, like, I'm going to be fine. I just don't know what's going to happen, how this is going to play out. But it's just like, hey, bro, I can't hold yourself accountable. Take note of every minor detail because I know it's going to be a great story. It's all in my head. It's all in the book. Say, so take note of every minor detail because it's going to be a great story to tell one day. And shit, bro, just enjoy this high one last time. <laughs> just enjoy this high because I'm still fade. I'm still high as fuck. So I'm just like, hey, bro, just enjoy this shit, bro, because hey, you know what I'm saying? They'll tell him what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm a positive person. So it's just like, despite how negative things may be going, it's like, hey, Man, just a positive mindset will, will take you far for sure, for sure. So I'm just, hey man, just look. I'm just trying to look at it from a positive standpoint. So at the first precinct, they just, I'm just sitting down, like it's, it's like typical, like you see in American movies, like they just brought the 
the, the fresh arrest in, they set them down in the chairs. You got the officers on desk duty doing administrative work and stuff like it's typical, that typical scene. But I'm the only American, only foreigner in the, you know what I'm saying, in the precinct. So of course all eyes on me. But I was like, we weren't even there that long. They damn it got me again. I get back in the van. Um, so where are we going now? We get to another precinct a little bit further away. This time they had me change clothes and put me in a holding cell for real, for real. And then that's in that precinct, and they conducted my interrogation, which is interesting because they sit me down in like this this metal chair, like it's it's all metal, but it looks like an electric chair, and it straps in, it locks your legs, like your ankles, knees, waist, chest, and arms all in one place, like this here. <laughs> so I'm just sitting. You were looking for the fuse box, we had to make sure they weren't going to fray it. Man, I'm doing this entire interrogation just like this here. And by that time, I had plenty of time to come up with a story, to, you know what I'm saying, give them and stuff. So do the interrogation. After interrogation, they pretty much take my handprint and mugshot and stuff and then throw me back into the holding cell. And I was in the I was in that second precinct for about 14 hours. And was that on your own? Were you in the cell on your own? Oh, no, 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 no. It was, uh, it was eight holding cells in total, four on each side. The first two on your left uh, were strictly women. Every other one was males. So they took me to the third one on the uh on the left. And I'm I, I can't even remember how many it was it was a few of us in there for sure. I say at least 10. And ironically, because they gave me a, a red vest to put on, and I was the only one hand well, I, and I was handcuffed. And I'm looking around the holding cell, and nobody else except for one other person. And, it, and he's sitting right across from me. He was a young Chinese dude. I say under 21 years old, like he was, he was a young cat. He got a red vest on as well, and he's handcuffed. Everybody else though, have neither. So I was just like, hmm, I wonder what this red vest mean. And why me and him the only ones handcuffed? I'm just like, hey, I'm just That's actually dangerous in itself, isn't it? If anybody, you know, attacks you, like. Yeah, you're, you're so I'm just, but I'm just going with the flow. I'm just like, hey man, <laughs> just account. At the end of the day, I have to hold myself accountable. So it's really, ain't no point of beating myself up about it. You know what I'm saying? Just like, hey, did, bro, just did anybody me. speak English in the cell, or were you just nah, nah. quiet? Quiet. I just, I'm just all in my head. The whole first chapter is just all in my head. So really, the first three chapters is just all in my head because I'm the only English speak, only foreigner. Every, you know what I'm saying? So. I'm just all in my head. So after, I guess they, I don't know what, I guess they was processing, doing all the paperwork and stuff. So by the time they finished all of that, they called me from the holding cell and they give me my clothes back. Tell me to get dressed. I'm like, oh shit, well, I'm finna, finna get ready to go home, boy. They finna let me go, all right, man. So I get back dressed and then, and the, I'm, I'm just uh, waiting in the lobby just for, for orders again and they tell me to come through a door that's behind the front desk. So I walk through the door and I'm in a hallway. And at the end of the hallway, I see a small room that's crowded with officers. So they just had me follow them to the uh, to the room. So we just walking. Once I get in there, I realize, okay, this is the evidence room. They got TV screens and, you know what I'm saying? All different types of just, all different types of stuff. So I'm like, okay, I see, uh, everything that they confiscated from my apartment on the table, along with a DVD, you know what I'm saying? So I'm assuming they done made a physical copy of everything that happened. 
along with the weed I had and they weigh the weed I had up. I only had 1.4 grams. For those that don't know, that's <laughs> like we talking about maybe like I don't even know. Like it's it's that's not a lot at all. You it's know like home use. <laughs> it's not a lot at all. So they had they give me this this contract and had me sign a fingerprinted. This everything is in Chinese character, Mandarin character. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know what this talking about, but here I go. You know what I'm saying? Y'all say jump, I say how high. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I sign, fingerprint the document, and then we get back in the van. So I'm like, okay, so where we, where are we going now? I'm paying attention to the to the street signs. We on the interstate, so I'm paying attention to all the signs. I'm like, nah, I ain't been out here that long, but I can just feel in my spirit. I'm like, bro, we not anywhere close to where I stay. We're not going nowhere close to my location. And about like 40 minutes later, we arrive at this facility boarded by tall walls and barbed wire. I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I see what's going on now. <laughs> I thought it was over. I'm like, nah, hell no. Nah, we just getting started, for real. And um, nobody said nothing to you. The, the guy that spoke English was gone at this stage. There's nobody yeah, speaking. There's nobody speaking English yet all this time. The, the one of the officers that was driving me to the actual jail, jail, he had he spoke English, but it was very very broken. And the only thing he asked me was, "Do you like China?" I was like, "Yeah, I like China." He said, "Why do you like China?" I said, "The people are nice." <laughs> and that was it. So, that was all the conversation we had. That was it. And I genuinely meant that though. I'm like, bro, yeah, I like China. It was like, man, like the people, y'all make it. It's a vibe. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have thought it would have been this harmonious out here. You know what I'm saying? But so yeah, we uh get into the actual jail facility, go to the uh, the nurse's office, do all the tests and stuff, make sure, you know what I'm saying, I ain't got nothing. And then take me to change my clothes, give me the uh, the uniform, which is uh, it's a jacket. Top half is yellow with red Chinese characters right here on your chest, left chest plate. The red Chinese characters on the back and the bottom half is blue. And it, they gave me uh, blue sweatpants and uh, blue sandals and they had uh, shelves. And on the shelves was plastic bowls, like Tupperware bowls and plastic spoons told me to grab one of each. So I get, you know what I'm saying, put my uniform on, grab a bowl and grab a spoon. And I follow the correctional officer up to, to the second floor and we got to sell 209. And he opened that door and literally all I see is, immediately I see two people standing up. Well, it's, it's, at this point it's like four in the morning. So folks are asleep. I see, but I see two people standing up watching the people that are asleep two inmates standing up watching the people that are asleep and the rest of the inmates are lying down on wooden bunks. Like these are wooden beds, like just straight wood. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I like to describe it as if like back in the day, way back when you was a kid, if you ever uh, had a big slumber party, a big sleepover at somebody's house, you know what I'm saying? All your friends or cousins or family, or you play travel ball, you know what I'm saying it's a it's a bunch of y'all, but it's a limited space to sleep. So it's like everybody, you know what I'm saying? You just gotta, you know. So imagine that, but it's a bunch of random grown men. 
So that's that's, that's all I'm seeing. I'm just like, whoa. And I, of course, I'm the only foreigner. So all, you know what I'm saying? Those that are awake, all eyes on me like, like what, what, who, what, what, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like they just seen Michael Jordan or somebody. <laughs> so I walk in, just close the door. Did they take your handcuffs off or were you handcuffed at the stage? Oh yeah, I'm, uh, I'm free by this point. Yeah. I ain't no handcuffs on at this point. So yeah, I walk in the cell and I'm just looking at the cell. It's a big rectangle, you know what I'm saying? It's not that big. Like far as it, it ain't like ample amount of room for everybody to, you know what I'm saying, have their own space. Nah, it's, it's, it's a big rectangle, spacious enough to, to house 15 people, but that's pretty much about it. It's nine wooden beds along the right side of the cell, all connected. And they all have like cubbies up underneath them. The bathroom is to the left. The, the walls are glass, so you can see straight into it. We got a sink, of course. The toilet was a, is a squat toilet, you know what I'm saying? So you got squat over. And the shower is pretty much a water hose <laughs> with a shower head tied to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Black mold all on the uh, walls and bathroom, little gnats and stuff flying. And so I posted, uh, I posted uh, the bunks and one of the inmates that's standing taking watch, like he, I guess he just tapped some folks to make room for me. And they made room for me. I just laid down. I'm just like, damn. <laughs> I'm just like, damn, boy, this shit is real. Like, I'm in here for real, for real. Now, I still don't know. I have no clue what's going to happen. But, hey, man, this shit crazy, bro. I'm like, let's just try to, I ain't trying to be too hard on myself, but I'm still holding myself accountable. Like, damn, boy. Damn, like, like I just I just couldn't. I'm still in disbelief at this point. Like, damn, bro, this shit really happening to me. And just like, why me out of all people? You know what I'm saying? Even though I knew, I consciously knew I was doing something I should not have been doing for sure. And I wasn't. It, it wasn't like I was the only one out there doing. It, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I was really just curious because I'm like, bro, out of everybody, especially people that have been out here longer than I have, the ones that introduced me to it, I'm like, why me out of all people? So I knew, I'm like, it's happening to me for a reason. For sure, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no coincidence. I'm like, it's happening to me for a reason. I don't know what it is I'm supposed to take away from this experience. But I know at the end of the day when it's all said and done. You know what I'm saying? But for now, hey, man, just try to get you some rest, man. And, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's all. Yeah, that's pretty much the bulk of chapter one and just the, the very beginning of chapter two that I just described, sat there and described. So, was there any, was there any abuse or bullying from the other uh, inmates? No, no but that's they, good. Like I mean, that's that's a good yeah. positive. They, like and like they, you know, what I'm saying the next. Okay, the next day, so everybody up now. So everybody see me. They like, damn, well, you know, what I'm saying, who is this? Like, <laughs> Where'd he so, come from? <laughs> exactly. But it's a language barrier, so they so intrigued to learn more about me, and I'm like, I'm definitely interested in knowing y'all story, how y'all ended up in here. But we can't even communicate. We can't even communicate, so it's just like, damn, bro. I'm just really just in my head in first three days, like I'm just in my head, just because I can't communicate with nobody. It was only one person in that cell that I was able to communicate with, and it wasn't like he knew a, a decent amount of English. You know what I'm saying? We just was able to communicate just through miming and body gestures. And I learned so much about this man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because he, he, he really was only like two, three years older than me. Got kids, got a wife, you know what I'm saying? 
what he do, you know what I'm saying? Like, what he can't wait to do when he get out. Like, I'm learning all this information, but I can't even verbally communicate with him. You know what I'm saying? So it was definitely like a, a spiritual connection there. Because it's like, and I'm just like, man, it's crazy. Bro. I'm, I'm like, I must have known this man in the past life or something. Because for our spirits, it's just, and he was really looking out for me. Like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, he, hey, sit down next to me, bro. Like, he's showing me, like, we got this breakfast. So it's, it's, this is, it's pretty much a vegetable. It looked like uh, uncooked. Do you go into a different room for your, or were they serving you in the in the cell? Oh no, you, you don't leave that cell. Twenty four mm. hours. <laughs> you don't leave that. <laughs> you don't leave it. Uh uh. Twenty four hours. They bring the, they bring the all the food to us. You know what I'm saying? The chefs go around the cell, just dropping it off to each cell. So like he's just you know what I'm saying he's just showing a lot of love, like just just looking out for me like i consider him my representative and then as time progresses he's like hey bro he, he's like hey, i'm your chinese brother you know what i'm saying so it's like we definitely bonded very very well and but he ended up getting released on my third day and that's the last time i ever spoke or saw him again and then after that because on that third day like it was it's 15 people to the cell right so 12 people got released on my third day. So it's literally on three of us left in the cell. So I'm like, bro, what are they finna do with us? I know they ain't finna just leave us in this entire cell, just the three of us by ourselves. And a few minutes later, as I'm thinking that, they come get us. I'm like, okay, we finna get ready to go. <laughs> like, we finna let us go. Walk me two cells down <laughs> and open that motherfucker. I'm like, damn. <laughs> damn. And I'm like, bro, I don't feel like getting new use. I'm like, damn, I got into new cell. I got to go through this whole process again. You know what I'm saying? Walk in. First thing, I, first person I see, it's big. I, he looks European. Big dude. I'm talking about he about 6'3", about 250, 250 pounds. We're not allowed to lie down during the day. He's lying down on the bunk, cooling. He got scabs and scars all on his face. Like he did, just got to fighting recently. I make eye contact with him and I look away. <laughs> I look away. I'm like, but this might look crazy as hell. I don't know. <laughs> I, I ain't feeling man. I'm like, man, I got it. I'm my head down at this point. I'm like, bro, I gotta go through this whole process again. And as I'm walking into cell, it's, it's still the same setup. They have it's a little bit more detailed as far as just like the supplies that they have. Like they got a lot more supplies in here, toilet paper and stools and it's art on the wall. I'm like, okay, it's a, it's a different vibe for sure. But it's like, damn, bro, I'm still here. Like, <laughs> I'm still here. And then next thing I know, I just hear, hey, man. I just look up. I'm like, who the fuck just said that? And it was a Chinese American dude from uh, California. Uh, man, me and him hit it off. So I'm talking to him like, damn, boy, that's crazy, boy. Man, I didn't think, man, I didn't think I'd be able to, you know what I'm saying, communicate with anybody. Like, so I'm chatting with him. So I'm sitting there talking to him. And then as I'm, I'm talking to him, dude next to me, he says, hey, my name is Victor. I'm like, oh, it's a party in here. Okay, we got, okay, it's more, it's, it's, it's some folks that speak English. Okay, so you got Chinese American Lenny. He's been locked up there. You got Victor, he's uh, Brazilian from Brazil. And they both, Vic, uh, Lenny, The Chinese American, he's fluent in Mandarin and English, of course. Uh, Victor, he speaks Portuguese, English, and he can speak a little bit of Mandarin too. He, he's Mandarin's way, but he can hold a conversation with you. You know what I'm saying? So now that's when there's things in the story, it's a shift. 
because now it's like all the questions that I was pondering and just, you know what I'm saying, the guessing and I'm getting answers to now. And the dots are starting to be connected slowly, but surely, you know what I'm saying? I'm just getting better understanding of just how this process works and what's, what potentially could be my outcome. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, <laughs> and just like for the rest of the duration of time, you know what I'm saying? They ended up folks leaving, folks coming, you know what I'm saying? And, Experiencing different characters and interesting man, as you just learn about the different stories of all those men that was in there. Some of them, you would like, bro. That sounds like some shit that you would see in a movie, bro. Like, yeah, you, you, you know what I'm saying you can't go back to your country because you got into it with your government and the folks want you dead. But now you here, but you locked up, and it's like, what? Like, <laughs> like what? It's like, damn. So I that. I, and it's like, man, my situation could be a whole lot worse. For sure, for sure. Like, even though I'm here, I don't know what's gonna happen to me. I don't know what's gonna come. I ain't received no information. But shit, my as of right now, my situation looking a whole lot better than some of y'all's, you know what I'm saying? And ironically, when it was all said and done, I ended up doing the least amount of time out of everybody that's that's included in my story. I did it and I ain't received no information. Everybody else knew how long they was goddamn supposed to be there and all this, that, and the other. I did end up doing the shortest amount of time. You know what I'm saying? So. And it, did, it, did you, you had no correspondence with the authorities during this time? They were just letting you in limbo. You hadn't, you hadn't a clue what was going on. And I wasn't asking no questions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm only speaking unless directly spoken to. <laughs> so. You know what I'm saying? They ain't saying nothing to me. I ain't saying nothing to them. <laughs> and were they wrong? Like, because I mean, making you sign something that you don't understand is illegal on their side. You know, they actually broke the, the law themselves by making you sign something you didn't understand. They should have had a translated document of it or a representative explaining everything to you. Hey, that sound about right, but yeah, they And it's like, I don't understand why. You know what I'm saying? they was doing me like that but at the end of the day i'm just like hey bro you was doing something you would have had no business doing so accountability at the end of the day so, <laughs> so just gotta hold yourself accountable bro just take it to the chin take it to the chin but and, and, so and then bro. yeah so basically after 14 days they kind of came in and yeah they came they came called me and uh released me had me sign some old stuff and fingerprints, some old stuff I still couldn't read. <laughs> and then took me to my apartment to collect, pack up my stuff and took me straight to the airport afterwards. And I was oh, you were basically country. deported straight away. Ooh. Yeah, deported and banned for five years. Wow. Yeah. And when who paid for the flight? My mama. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like, were the american authorities aware of what was going on or for them it was just like a normal flight that it was just oh it, it, the, embassy, they, they, the u.s embassy knew what was going on but we in china ain't nothing they can do <laughs> they said that like i met with them and everything that's chapter 10 i think yeah i met with them they was like yeah it's really nothing we can do on our end we just here to make sure you're not being treated uh inhumanely that's not the case <laughs> good luck <laughs> you know what i'm saying like the most you as long as you'll be here is 30 days max so you'll get out of here eventually you know what i'm saying that's that's, that's, that's pretty much and we can notify people for you your family members and stuff like that that's that's pretty much all we can do 
So, so when did your mother become aware that uh, were you actually out when day your mother became aware or and other people around you? Because I mean, if you just disappeared, someone might think you've been kidnapped or anything. Like what what was happening around you with people you were working with and friends and stuff? Yeah, and that was very chaotic. Of course, I had no clue what's going on on the outside. But once I got once I was free and stuff, that's when I learned. I'm like, man, it oh it's, oh no, on the seventh on the seventh day, chapter seven, we meet with the immigration dude. So this is the opportunity we get to use our phones to make contact with folks, see who can buy us a plane ticket, essentially. Of course, I turn my phone on and my messages, I'm talking about my phone is going crazy. Just going, it's going crazy. Like folks just hit me up, calling me, like just all in just complete distress. And of course, I'm just, I'm just focusing on, at this point, I'm just focusing on uh, letting the folks I've been, I was out, I was smoking with a lot. I'm like, hey, bro, y'all folks, lay low, man. Stop doing that shit. Like, hey, that shit dead, bro. Like, leave it alone. It ain't worth it. You know what I'm saying? I'm letting them folks know. Calling my girlfriend at the time. Don't get to get in contact with her just because of the time difference. And that's when the immigration dude was like, hey, bro, you need to find somebody to buy you a ticket, bro. So I'm like, my mama can. Um, so I called my mama. And I'm talking to her. I'm like, hey, what's going on, mom? She's like, you tell me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm locked up. She's like, yeah, I know. I got an email from the U.S. Embassy about it. She said, your brother, ironically, your brother dropped me off at the airport right now. I'll be in Beijing tomorrow. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'll be in Beijing. You know what I'm saying? So she flew out there. But it really, it still wasn't nothing that she can do. Like, the immigration dude told me, I told him, like, hey, my mama said she's going to be here tomorrow. He said, tell her to turn around. There ain't nothing she can do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's that's pointless. You know, you know what I'm saying? She can she buy your ticket? I'm like, yeah, she can buy the ticket. But um, yeah, that's how that ended up happening. Yeah. <laughs> like I wonder what happens. I mean, you were lucky that you know you were in a position that your mother could buy. But I wonder what happens because not everybody would be in that position. I wonder what happens when somebody you know that they just don't have the funds or nobody's going to you know. Sometimes parents would be so pissed off with their child they were like they they cut the ties at that moment because they're dealing on emotions. But you know, I wonder what they would do in that situation. That basically, you just, you just gonna have to sit until you can find somebody to buy you a ticket, bro. And it sounds like the terminal that you'll be like uh, staying in the airport for a few weeks. Like, man, that's the worst part. It's like, damn, bro, you ain't got nobody buy your ticket, bro. You just gonna have to sit in there, bro. Sit, bro. And I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely ain't trying to be here no longer than I have to be. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, that's that's how that's that's that's, that's the story in a nutshell. So the police are with you in your apartment as you have to empty everything out, or do they let you go and say, look, yeah? So there was, was no. Only- it was only one officer in the apartment with me. He was just sitting there, just, just staring off into space. He was, he wasn't like his typical protocol for him, I guess. So it was like, wasn't his first rodeo, so it wasn't nothing. He was too, you know, what I'm saying engaged with. He just sitting there minding his business, waiting on me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, after I landed in America, I'm going. Yeah, so I, I didn't even start writing a book until like July 2019. I got home in April 2019. Started writing until July 2019. Finished writing it in November, and then published it on the anniversary date that I got arrested. So I, I got arrested on April 4th, 2019. I dropped the first book um, on April 4th, 2020, and I was ranked number one on Amazon new bestseller in three different genres. Nice, excellent. And when you fl- <laughs> when you flew into the states today, were you kind of grilled there, or was it like not just like any oh, other passenger? 
I uh, that's that's a great uh, great question. When I met with the uh, embassy, one of the characters I was with asked, "Would this follow us anywhere?" And he's like, "Oh no, it's no, it'd be good. <laughs> you probably use it. You won't be able to come back to China, but for a few years. But sign that, there ain't no, there's someone follow you, folks with." We people wouldn't even know this happened to me if I was if I didn't write the book and I wasn't promoting it. You know what I'm saying? Like this would have been just completely brushed up underneath the rug. So that's a plus, a, a benefit from it as well. You know what I'm saying? A positive. So well, it's kind of teaching people to be because sometimes people think that can't happen. So one, oh, yeah. if they are in China, they'll think twice before smoking. And like you know, obviously because probably people have been reaching out. Has there has it happened to a lot of people? Are you aware of others that the same thing has happened? I, um, I've been told, like just from like people that I was talking to, like that they know people that this uh that's been arrested. You know what I'm saying? And folks, it was folks get arrested for anything out there. So it's like you know what I'm saying? Like it ain't got to be drugs. Like folks can get arrested for anything. So. I've heard stories, but like far as knowing anybody else personally, no, nah, not really, not really. And but like I said, and most people like the stories that I, I have heard, like they just like them people brush it up underneath the rug. They ain't like it don't even happen. I'm just like, damn, bro, I feel like that's not healthy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like to go through an experience like that and you just, you know what I'm saying? Don't do nothing with it. Like you just suppress it. I'm like, no, nah, bro, you gotta. You gotta share that. You know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta share that. Educate people. Let people know. You know what I'm saying? You went through it for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So, and then within 14 days of Beijing is a whole book of just straight enlightenment, just from my perspective on life and my mindset, and then as well as my experiences. Is you know what I'm saying? In addition to that, so you're gonna take a lot away from reading this story. You know what I mean? You're gonna learn a lot. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna yo you're gonna think differently as well. Um, just because I offer just such a different perspective, just that's how my mind is naturally. I, 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 I knew it was going. I knew it was going to be a great story. I knew it was going to do well. I didn't think it was going to go this crazy, but you know what I'm saying it's, it's <laughs> for sure, for sure. But it's like, hey, man, it's like I turned the negative into a positive. You feel me? So it's just like, you know, I knew, I, and I knew when I went out there, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get something from this experience going to China living I'm, I'm gonna gain something I'm gonna take something away and it's gonna be beneficial to my life moving forward did I think it would be this <laughs> hell no but <laughs> that's just how it played out you feel me but you know what I'm saying it was all in all like despite like I said despite the last 14 days China was amazing and I was out there for six months total so we talking good up here the bad way down here so man it's a large margin of difference so like hey man all in all it was a great experience you know what i mean even if said now i done had time to like, writing the book helped me release all of that so it's like i just that's it, i don't even hold on to it no more now i'm just telling the story at this you know what i'm saying a crazy wild story at this point i think that's an important point with any pain that you go through because if you can tell it without it hurting you, because sometimes people relive it and they're just constantly reliving the pain and then it brings them down. 
And I think your, you know, your mentality, I mean, I can see your positivity and I've seen you on other shows as well. Like I know that you're very upbeat and everything. And I, and I think that's a very important factor. And I think it was probably your saving grace that you're so positive because somebody else could go in there with a down negative attitude who would attract more negative people who in turn might make it not 14 days in Beijing, but might maybe 14 years and on. Who's to know? So I think, uh, you know, staying positive is a, is a very important thing. Factual, factual. You say, man, you say <laughs> that was very well said. That's very well said. And it was like, man, hey, man, just, just keep going, man. Keep going. I, I, we all face our, our level of adversity. This quote that I, that I live, that I, I enjoy a lot. It's called, it, it, it says that adversity introduces a man to himself. You know what I'm saying? So, best believe <laughs> you know what I'm saying I learned and I grew from this experience and I'm better because of it you know what I mean mm -hmm. so you know, and just take everything as a lesson you know what I'm saying it's still a blessing when it's when you learn it so exactly exactly and you mentioned about you know different people getting kind of arrested or I it is a friend of mine who's I mentioned lives in Singapore and he was saying somebody he knows basically because of not having a mask, got deported. <laughs> no, so, yeah, exactly. So just, you know, beware. And I mean, I know the craziness with this pandemic going on around the world. You know, we just, unfortunately, we have to kind of comply to tyranny, but don't, don't give them your spirits. Like, stay strong and just stay positive because, you know, if you throw in the cards, they win. Don't let them win. Like, stay positive. Most importantly, man, do your research. <laughs> For whatever country you go to, <laughs> learn. learn as much as you can. So you, can, you know what I'm saying? You just, are you just all your T's is crossing your eyes is dotted, man. Because that's one thing I went wrong. I ain't know nothing about. I ain't know. I ain't take the time to learn anything about China. Nothing. I'm just like, man, this is gonna be an adventure. I'm just excited to go. Man. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, damn, yeah, bro. Yeah, I feel like. You, you should definitely do your research before you <laughs> no it's it, it, it's very important so the million dollar question would you go back to china when your five-year term is up if i was allowed yes just to bring everything full circle bring everything back full circle yeah i'd be like that, that, that yeah for sure for sure it's complete closure honestly i feel like i gained from it and definitely just see what it's looking like now you know what i'm saying it's been a lot that's been changed since you know what I'm saying I've been gone for us like the club and stuff you like a lot of a lot of stuff is gone because of the pandemic so I'm like I'm definitely curious to see what it, you know what I'm saying what it's looking like now especially you came out of one prison and back into another man what oh yeah they gonna what? they gonna be they definitely gonna be watching me this <laughs> I'm gonna apply to go to China for a visa they're gonna type my name into the uh system like the computer gonna start flashing red sirens gonna start going off <laughs> oh no we, we gotta watch this dude right here oh me but yeah i, I just wondering will you actually uh get your book translated into chinese it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I already thought about that for sure for sure i already thought about it i definitely i would do it you know what i'm saying just because that's already an idea you know what i'm saying we was talking about doing a spanish version and all, all different a version in each language you know what i mean but yeah, I think that would be dope. I definitely, it's a lot more projects that I want to do with 14 Days. Definitely want to film. Like, people tell me all the time, like, bro, I could 
see this being a movie. I can see this being a TV show. Like, it's so crazy. So that's definitely an end goal of mine. Definitely want to do a movie or a film. I think anime would be dope as well. Anime would be hard. <laughs> I think that'd be hard. <laughs> that'd be so far. A comic book. I think that'd be hard too. That'd be five. Well, that'd be dope. <laughs> that'd be dope. So it's like, yeah, I got I got a lot of different ideas that I want to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Just step by step. Step by step. You know? I, I, you know, even a movie or whatever, the fact that you're able to articulate it into such detail is brilliant because not everybody can do that. So, you know, it's fantastic. And now that you have it on the book, it's out there and someone might pick up on it and go, hey, this would be a great movie. So, I mean, right. to me, it would be something that I'd, I'd like to watch, you know, because I mean, the story itself, just listening now is very interesting. So I'd say, yeah, a movie be brilliant. Like, you know. <laughs> well, look, we just, we both have spoken into the universe. So it's like, hey, watch it appear. <laughs> listen it's been thoroughly enjoyable talking to you so how can people get in contact with you and you might let them know the name of the book even though it's written there but just in case they're just listening they wouldn't see it for sure man chancellor k jackson 14 days in beijing i want everybody to stop what you're doing right now and go to your uh pull up your phone go to your internet browser and type in google (laughs) <laughs> and Google Chancellor K. Jackson or 14 Days in Beijing. I'll pop right up. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> that. With, with a very cool uh, cover. I, lo- I like the cover. It's a, oh, it's yeah. a catchy. The ma- I'm big into marketing and I see, yeah, that's a decent cover. That would grab your attention <laughs> in a bookshelf. Yeah, yeah I had to recreate. I, I, that's all I did was just recreate the mugshot, essentially. So, you know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, it'd be dope if I actually had the mugshot. And what? But I'm like, damn, I ain't got so I'm like, I just gotta recreate. I had to recreate that jacket and everything. Like, yeah, just you know what I'm saying? Just definitely bring it to life. You know what I mean? So I appreciate it. For sure, for sure. Appreciate it. Yeah, so I put the link in the podcast description so people will be able to see it anyway. But listen, Chancellor, thank you very much. Really enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate you. Thanks. So that's all for the Awakening Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. As mentioned, we're on BitChute as well. Be sure to give us a thumbs up, five-star rating. It all helps. Share with your friends. Until next week, take care. (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to kulabula.com and put in the discount code AWAKENING.